and welcome to The Schism. This podcast is all about critical thinking, dot connecting, the nature of reality, and trying to uncover the truth about the world we live in, society, who we are, and where we come from. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Schism. Today, I'm joined by my faithful co-host, Adam. Hello, everyone. And we're going to conclude our current series on the pandemic and follow on from our previous episode, The New Normal. Oh, yes. Today, we're going to talk about the home testing explosion in the UK, the worldwide resistance fighting against the current rules, regulations and mandates, as well as the dreaded jab. This is the pushback. But before we get to all of that, I wanted to kind of pick up from where we left off last time with the new normal, as I feel like there's a lot of people out there that have now taken on the new normal as a way of life and kind of forgotten what life was like before all of this. That's true. To quote Tropic Thunder, they've gone full retard. (laughs) But a better description is probably mass formation psychosis, which is what we want to talk about today. So similar to the Watiko mind virus that we spoke to Richard about in our previous episode, mass formation psychosis is something that was recently talked about on the Robert Malone, Joe Rogan podcast, which has obviously become mega famous and now is trying to be banned and taken down off the internet, or at least Spotify. Making waves, indeed. Yeah, mass formation psychosis was was the Watiko equivalent that Robert Malone was talking about. I mean, he's basically describing the same thing. But Robert Malone described it as when society becomes decoupled from each other and has a free-floating anxiety in a sense that things don't make sense. When their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point, just like hypnosis. And people do seem like they're hypnotised, don't they, really? He put it, they literally become hypnotised and can be led anywhere. They will follow that person. It doesn't matter whether they lie to them, the data is irrelevant. We really found that during this time as well. You can show people all the data in the world, their mind's made up, they just don't see it. Well, we're we're likening this to like a cult almost. It's like a cult, yeah. yeah. And obviously the example that Robert Malone gave, and it's an example a lot of people go to straight away because it wasn't in that distant a past is Nazi Germany because people were obviously under the spell of Hitler and the Nazis and they were doing really heinous acts and it felt like the population were under a mass formation psychosis. They had lost their, their minds collectively. They wouldn't they would never commit these atrocities normally, would they? No. And then suddenly they're they're doing all this crazy shit in the name of the, the greater good. I mean, like we know, it didn't start that way. But how quickly did a very moderate—I yeah, say, right. I say moderate—national socialist party in Germany? Well, but, moderate compared to where it got to got with to. genocide mm. and the concentration camps. Exactly. I don't think anyone would have thought it would have gone there when it first started. Just like people during the COVID era think, say, "Oh, it will never get to," you know, taking all of our rights away or throwing people in camps. Well. Okay, it hasn't got to that yet here in the UK, has it? But we know that people in Australia, for example, they've been picking up indigenous people and literally putting them into camps. Well, they're not concentration camps. Well, no, they're called quarantine camps now. But (laughs) I've had a look at the quarantine camps in China where there's people with their heads sticking out of little gaps in the metal doors like dogs at a pound. And it looks just as bad. It's not a far stretch. 
I thought it was quite funny because I looked up this on Google. Now, before anyone listening is like, why aren't you using DuckDuckGo? Well, I like looking stuff up on Google just to see what the top hits are because usually it's, well, these days it's something saying what you're looking at is is actually misinformation yeah. and it's proven false because of this and it's, it's quite a good... It's, it's a way of... It's a good way of seeing what they're trying to disprove. Exactly. Yeah. It's usually a good sign that you're onto like, <laughs> like the road to truth <laughs> yeah, exactly. as well. Yeah. But what's what's funny is the top article about mass formation psychosis on Google was like, is it a legitimate medical idea? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just sort of thinking like, well, yeah, it is. Because this has had so many names over thousands of years, like Watiko used by ancient tribes people like just for one example how can they say no it's not a medical like a legitimate idea well it it looks like it's occurring to me in front of my very eyes and people are like under this spell where critical thinking and logic go out the window it's just replaced by like this fear-based thinking and it's all to do with like the r complex isn't it like the reptilian part of the brain that's triggered by fear Obviously, we had this from when we were like hunter-gatherers and it was quite useful then when we had predators. We needed to be on high alert, but it's not really a healthy state of mind to be in for like a long, extended period of time. No, I mean... That's going to cause trauma. No, of course. I mean, when these hunters back in these ages went out and did their hunting, after that they would come back and they could relax. They could chill. They could chill around a campfire with their skinned bit of rabbit. But they weren't designed to be in constant hunt mode. No, like they're constantly prey, there's predators everywhere. Like, because you look, it's, it, whether it's, you know, the war on terror or COVID or climate change, they're always picking things that are like unseen threats. So you are constantly on alert, you are constantly on edge because it's like an unseen predator. The predator, you know, COVID, or say it could be anywhere, it could just be floating in the air. I mean, there's even adverts on British TV encouraging people to open. Windows, have you seen this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they they sort of visualise COVID as this dark mist, and then they're opening the window and it's like flowing out. It's like make sure you open windows and let COVID out. It's making people think it's everywhere. It's the boogeyman. It's under the bed. You know what made me funny when you said predator, and I thought of the COVID as like the predator. Yeah, right. COVID's got like the infrared vision. Yeah, and it's just moving for the house, seeing everyone. Yeah. Glowing red. That's what people people think it's like. You know, he's coming up the stairs quickly, get the mask on. You put the mask on and then the boogeyman vanishes. It's, it's like that infantile. Because we've already spoke about how the mask, when you're talking about something that is microscopic, the, the mask at that level has got massive holes in it. It's not going to protect you from anything. People know this as well. Yeah. This is part of the mass formation psychosis. They know that masks don't work, but even though... Say in the UK, for example, at the moment, the rules have been lifted about masks. Oh, now you don't have to wear them everywhere. And, but people still are. Yeah. So this is the next sort of stage of the new normal where the mass formation psychosis has sunk in and now people are doing stuff when they're not even really being told. They're not having to say, right, masks are mandated. You have to wear masks here. They're, our governments are saying, more, well, you do the right thing and if you want to wear it, it's up to you. But after two years of conditioning, mm. people want to wear the mask. Yeah. I mean, we've they gone, do it without being told. We've gone past the point whether they're good or bad for you. That person, those people have gone past that point now. The fact that, like you said, 
they'd put in a mon without it even be a mandate or a law. It never was. It's almost law. like a subconscious thing now, and 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 a comfort blanket. And it's like even once the restrictions are lifted, they've been so scared that they think, well, even though you're telling me there's no longer a threat, I believe that there is because it's not as easy to sort of bring someone out of trauma as it is to put them into trauma. And another great example of this was Christmas for the pair of us. I mean, we both had relatives, people that we knew that cancelled their own Christmas this year. The year before, the government said, you can't meet up with uh, more than six people. They've got to be from only two separate households. They, they basically cancelled Christmas. Even other renegade ones of us did. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. I mean... Obviously, some people are like, fuck you, I'm going to have my Christmas. And they had zero repercussions. Man, I had 10 guests around and I don't <laughs> care who knew about it. Did you? Nah, not really. <laughs> there was about three of us. Well, my family that, that year just completely shit their pants. Like my, the family on my dad's side, they cancelled. And my nan was going, well, there's a policeman, well, a, an ex-policeman or an ex-copper, as you'd probably say down the road and if he sees more than a few cars on the driveway he, he, he might dob us in and I was like what you think a, an ex-copper is going to have nothing better to do on his Christmas <laughs> day than to grass up two old age pensioners for seeing their grandkids <laughs> but she honestly believed that and bless my nan she cancelled it and then fast forward a year the government haven't gone that hard with it but they've Boris has given this speech where he said, we trust the British public to do the right thing. We know you'll be responsible. We know we'll, you'll still take the right mes me measures. Everyone will be testing still. And, and, and rule of six if you, if you can. Yeah, right. You know. If you can. It's, it's kind of like guilting and shaming people into it. Like, well, we're not going to mandate it. We're going we're, we're gonna to trust you to do the right thing. You will do the right thing, won't you? Mm -hmm. You are a good person, right? Yes, yes, yes. So everyone was testing religiously. It's not like the government said, you had to. You have to test. No. They, they wouldn't be able to enforce that. I mean, no. So they, they don't really have a choice. But the fact is, after two years of conditioning, even though they didn't have to, everyone was testing. And because the tests, as we've discussed, are complete bollocks, so many tests were pinging positive, and then people were having to ring up their relatives and go, sorry, can't come, tested positive for COVID, even though I've had two jabs and a booster. Yeah, we've all, I think everyone <laughs> knows someone who did that at Christmas. They were feeling fine, they took a test that obviously clicked a false positive, and then for whatever reason they're like, yeah. sorry, mum, I can't come to dinner. Nothing wrong with me, but I've apparently tested positive for yeah. COVID. So well, they might have had a cold, but no more of a, you know, if it was any other year, they wouldn't have let it stop them from enjoying Christmas. Oh, God, no. But because they've got this positive, oh, no, I can't come to Christmas this year. Bear in mind, they probably did it last year when we didn't have all this home testing and never even gave it a passing thought. Oh. Or like you said, even worse, they can feel fine. and be like, well, I'm osteoarthritis-symptomatic, COVID then. And you just think, if you feel fine, you're probably fine. I had a relative turn up at mine and say, I just drove past the, what would you call it? The jib-jab centre. <laughs> the jibber-jabber centre. And there was people queuing up for as far as the eye could see in line for their booster. So it's like, what the hell? So oh, we spent there before you turkey. Take the whole family. It's crazy. And you think we had all them months before 
I'm not sure what this was like in other countries, but in Britain, it was all about saving Christmas. And like we're saying, it's been two years of this now. Mm -hmm. And if you looked at a collection of the headlines from, from both them years, you would have seen, wear a mask to save Christmas. Get your jab to save, save Christmas, Christmas you know. next year. Get your booster to save Christmas. Moving the goalposts again and again. And it's all about saving Christmas. And you think, how infantile. It's the plot of every shit Christmas movie ever. <laughs> We've got to save Christmas. You know, it's like jingle all the way. And this is aimed at adults. It's supposed to be aimed at adults. Come on, we've got to do this to save Christmas. Oh, well, now just this and that will save Christmas. Well, yeah. I, well, get your booster and then that will save it. And then Christmas comes and they're lining up for a booster and they're going, oh, I'll save Christmas, yeah. Well, it, it is Christmas Day. <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> you imagine you're one of those people like queuing really late. Is it still Christmas? Just about, love. Just about. Oh, well, at least it got me a booster. <laughs> Honestly, it's like all the months to save Christmas and then that, that's how people chosen to spend their Christmas. Should we get it out of the way before the salmon and egg breakfast? <laughs> this is what or after? It's what we're talking about, the mass formation psychosis. Mm. Another good example you said was the signs recently that you saw in Tesco. Tesco's a, a British supermarket. It's Yeah, we're the Walmart of the UK. Yeah, I guess so. And you said that the signage had, signage had changed in there it had gone from being quite forceful to well yeah we, we, we remember this was never a law guys was it i mean it was a it was mandated mandated does not mean illegal it yes. doesn't mean it's the law does yeah. it? so if you just if you just didn't want to wear one you never had to but they had the signs in tesco you that, must well it wasn't must but it was like face masking is mandatory in its store please wear a face mask unless you're exempt of course if i'm ever asked i just say i'm lawfully exempt and it's simple as that guys we all know that if you ever get asked that's what you say but they and if they ask why it's illegal they to ask, ask anyway it's unlawful unlawful them to ask that so you don't answer that with anything but they changed the science now we were talking about this how it works here with mass formation psychosis that before it was put as a it was mandated, it was mandatory. But now the sign... A clever word to use as well, because it's not... It sounds all mandatory. Ooh. Yeah, it does get you at Ooh, first. It sounds serious. Yeah, I don't want to break that. That sounds like... Yeah. That. Might is it the law? Uh, well, it's, no, it's not the law, but... but it, it, it's mandated. Sounds like you get me in trouble, though. You know, yeah. <laughs> do, I, do I get a spanked body from it? <laughs> it, it? But it means fuck all. They might, it's just like a suggestion. <laughs> Basically, it's a suggestion. So they've changed... The signage lettering now and, and what it says. And actually at the front of the store, it says, wear a mask if you can, let's all be safe. <laughs> Do you know what though? That's, wear that's a mask straight if you can. That straight away reminds me of the Boris speech where he said, I trust you will all do the right thing and, you know, you keep to a group of six or whatever, if you can. And it's this sort of like, if you can thing, like someone will see that sign and think, wear a mask if you can. Well, I can wear a mask. There's no reason I can't wear a mask. I mean, I'm not exempt. Like, they're asking politely. They are asking politely now, at least. Yeah, you know, true. it's because, again, it's not coming in with the iron fist. It's sort of coming in with the, the guilt and shame. Like, wear it if you can. I mean, you can if wear you, it. I'm sure you can. I mean, you were wearing one last week. Yeah, so why not now? If you can. There's no real reason, is there? I mean, come on, it's just a mask. 
Just a mask. So like there's someone that decides not to wear one that's walking around and then other people are looking at him like, well, I know you can wear one because I saw you wearing one the other day. Didn't you see the sign? It said, wear a mask if you can. And I know you can. So. You're not a good person. All these kind of thoughts will be rushing around their head. Yeah. Oh, I better just put one on. So it's like now they, they can ask so gently, wear it if you can. And that's enough to just guilt the person then, into doing it. But then we said, also look at what follows it. Let's all be safe. That reinvigors the fear that COVID-19 is, is out there. It's legit and it's dangerous. And it's deadly. And again, you're going to walk past someone in the supermarket and they're like, oh, you don't want us to all be safe. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, you ignored the sign. I'm sure you feel safe not wearing your mask, but we want to feel safe. So let's all be safe. And how about put a mask on, but if you can. Just walking down the aisle. You all right, Julie? <laughs> yeah, good to see you. How are the boys? <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> Selfish cow. <laughs> No, but joking aside, people have become not not only like their own prison guards, but they've become guards for other people, the self-appointed agents of the Matrix, keeping other people in line. They won't just obey the rules themselves. Great. They're like actively demonise or violently attack other people that aren't conforming. And they're like an army for the system. They'll be the ones telling their German friends, you better not behind any Jews in there. Better not behind any Jews, because if they come to our doors, we'll be telling yeah, them right. you, we'll be telling them you've got them next door, because we don't want any trouble from them. We don't want any trouble. Like dobbing in their neighbours. Mm. And do you remember the Hitler youth? They were remember the hit the good old Hitler youth? What a fine boys brigade they were. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they were dobbing in their parents or or their relatives or older people that they were overhearing, you know, dissenters. Yeah. A bit like in 1984 as well, where the kids were horrible and they were kind of the ones that you had to look out for the most because they were the, the, the most uh, loyal to the, the party. System. The system. But that's how every tyranny in history has been because there's never enough tyrants and there's not even enough police or people to enforce the tyranny. You have to get the population to actually become your soldiers yeah. and police each other. You know, there's never enough fascists. You need the two groups of people. The people that just sit on the sidelines and say nothing and just let it happen. And then the people that actually act as your agents. And we saw The Matrix recently. I mean, we're talking about doing a whole episode on The Matrix movies, including the new one. But that had an interesting spin on it, didn't it? Where even the the NPCs or the avatars within the Matrix were being weaponized and turned into agents that were trying to keep Neo and Trinity in the Matrix. Right. They had they had gone from just being mindless drones to agents of the Matrix. But I did kind of feel like that was maybe a statement on the times that we're living in because people have now become these agents. And I think that's all part of mass formation psychosis. What what's the quote in the first Matrix where where he says, "Oh, some people are, are so plugged in, plugged in, so dependent on the system that they will fight anyone trying to break that reality." And and that's why you're getting such violent reactions from from people when you challenge this narrative in in any way. This is actually what we're actually up against. Nutters. <laughs> now the governments of the world and the media in particular, they, they want to keep us in this 
our complex mode using the reptilian part of our brain that's triggered by fear. They want us to be in this fear state all the time. Yeah. So they have to keep the fear machine going. That's that's why they've done this whole scan with the variants. You know, it, the fear of a new variant comes and then after a time that dies down and then they launch another variant. Something else that we've noticed is like, especially in the UK, in times where things have, have eased slightly, they've hit us with something else to be afraid of. This time around, it's been Russia. Oh, look at Russia, they're militarising, there's talk of them invading well, in Ukraine, the most Ukraine, it's the most they're at the borders. The most recent sort of conflict that's been in the news. Really. Yeah, right. Yeah. But as soon as I saw that, it kind of made me chuckle because I thought, well, that's funny because last time the restrictions lifted, it was all about the Taliban. You were trying to scare us with the Taliban. Mm, and all you saw on the news 24-7 was about the Taliban for like a few weeks. Yeah. And there was obviously that clip with the plane, which was just absolutely ridiculous. And I mean, firstly, there's a guy running across in front of the camera, smiling and waving, doing jazz hands. So for someone that's supposed to be running for his life, not really sure. I thought he was doing the Macarena. <laughs> Yeah, what's, what's going on there? All right. Secondly, you've got pe you know, dozens of people on the wing of this plane that would have been blown off if it was a real plane, and it's not a real plane, because yeah. if you look at the plane, there's no rivets, there's no lines. The glass is all... There's no reflections in the glass. You look at it next to a real plane, and you can see the difference clearly. When you look into the, the propeller, you can't see the details, you can't see the spokes and stuff like you would. Like, it's just black. Yeah. It's just painted on, literally like a bouncing castle. And if anyone thinks that's far-fetched, like, what, you think that they have a, an inflatable version of a plane like that? Well, they do. Like we said before, we knew they had this technology in World War Two. Yeah, they had inflatable tanks in World War Two, inflatable aircraft, and even inflatable soldiers. Now that sounds crazy, but they had all that in World War Two. And then now, you, if you look up inflatable aircrafts, you can see that they've made fighter jets that are completely inflatable and they look like the real thing. You wouldn't tell the difference if you just glanced at this photo, you'd think it was a fighter jet. Yeah. It's only at closer inspection that you realise that it's an inflatable decoy. But you could imagine if you were quite far away and yeah. you didn't have, say, very good scopes, and notice, at a distance it would look just like. And notice in that clip, not only you know if that plane was going along the runway, they would all be blown off the wing, it wouldn't be like, serving USA, <laughs> with the guy like, woo, at the side. They're all supposed to be running for their lives. Okay. Then the video cuts. You never see the plane take off in the air. Then you see, obviously, a real plane in the distance, and a couple of things fly off Over that you're supposed to believe are bodies. Okay, what, what happened to the rest of the bodies? Because when you were watching the clip, you were thinking, oh, my God, they're going to show this plane taking off. You're kidding me. Oh, no, it just cut. Oh, look at it in the distance. It's like, you cut the best bit. <laughs> what are we supposed to believe that the news are like that was too graphic it was too shocking we didn't want to show you that I mean we show the most shocking shit on the news every night that's literally going to traumatise you but oh no we don't want you to see the plane taking off but look at the bodies dropping exactly they're just specks in the distance yeah we didn't want to show you it up close but, but we still show you bodies dropping out of a plane but the point is how much have we heard about the Taliban since that point now. Yeah, radio silence on the Taliban now. Apparently, uh, they just took back Afghanistan. Yeah, and what are we supposed to believe? Like, And it's all fine now. But they wanted you to be scared in the little gap between COVID, COVID, COVID. Right, 
We've got a gap to fill. Uh, uh, Taliban. Yeah, yeah, Taliban. Great. That worked great last time. And then, right, we've got another gap to fill now. Uh, Russia. Yeah, we scare people with Russia and make them think there's going to be World War Three. It's like they have to keep that fear machine going. They have to keep you in this reptilian, R-complex mode of thinking all the time because if you go out of that mode and the fear starts to subside, they lose their control. And they know as long as people are caught in this fear mode, they are irrational, become less empathetic towards each other. They want that of you. They want that of the human race. Well, they want us to become more like them or, or, or like them. That's the thing. The people that are driving this whole agenda, they are narcissistic, sociopaths. They're pushing a, an agenda which is almost like psychopathic. Anti-human. Anti-human, yeah. It's like, and they want to make the population more like them. There's a quote from Carlos Castaneda from the active side of infinity talking about this predator consciousness. The predators give us their mind, which becomes our mind. The predator's mind is baroque, contradictory, morose, filled with the fear of being discovered any minute now. I know that even though you have never suffered hunger, you have food anxiety, which is none other than the anxiety of the predator, who fears that any moment now, its manoeuvre is going to be uncovered and food is going to be denied. That reminds me of like, the narcissistic supply. Yeah. These people we're talking about, that is their substance. That is their substance, that is their food that keeps them going. Part of mass formation psychosis has got to be ignoring what's in front of your eyes as well. And there's no better example at the moment than what's happening in the football. Yeah, I mean the Premier League and in all the leagues in British football, people are dropping like flies. It's denying the obvious especially when it comes down to the football. We've seen more and more of it, whether it be players or even fans. Even people in the grounds now. The games keep getting stopped because of an incident in the grounds. I mean, when have you heard of that in the past? Any other time? I was literally on the phone to you the day before listening to the Chelsea Spurs game that had to be stopped. Chelsea keeper had to put the ball out of play because the Tottenham fans were signalling to him that there was a fan on one in the crowd. Yeah, right. And I think... Fan down? And I'm just really thinking, I'm sorry, I... You're trying to think back and recall. I'm in my 30s now. I've been watching Premier League for quite a while. And think, when did there ever fans be falling sick in the stadium? When have you seen players as well? Obviously, you see players go down all the time, especially in like, you know, modern football. Yeah. It's uh, one of the things they're great at. Oh, going down like, (laughs) they haven't even been touched. You know, they've got to be like Oscar winning actors now as well as football players. (laughs) That's why Ronaldo's so good. Bravo. That was a Daniel Day-like performance. <laughs> the way you went down screaming and no one even touched you. It was so believable. Oscar, sir. <laughs> but now there's people going down and they're gripping their chest. I've seen people convulsing on the floor. I mean, it's not, it's not what you're used to. No. But it's, it's being normalised. People are, people are being asked to hold these two contradictory beliefs in their brain at the same time. One is... This doesn't usually happen. This is weird. And the other one is the TV telling them, no, it's not weird. This always happens. And they're having to go, right, okay. And just like in 1984, like believe the party. But they know deep down that these two things... It's not ordinary. Yeah, and these two things don't add up. Even saying it's rare is an understatement. We have seen an alarming rise of a lot of these scenarios 
when people are holding two beliefs, Reese, that don't add up. You said about the thing with the strokes and heart attacks in young people. There's a British Heart Foundation advert out at the moment, and there's a young girl playing soccer, playing football, and she falls over and has a heart attack. But she's a young girl. She looks like she could be at school or something. And you think to yourself, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, we, we've known each other a long time. How many kids at our school were out on the playing just, field? And just dropped down and had a heart attack. Miss, I think Toby's having a stroke. That's another thing, because there's been this bus campaign of adverts normalising strokes in young children as well. Old children can have strokes as well. And you're thinking, I mean, that is just as rare as it gets. No, they can't. What, what are you trying to force on me here? Suddenly I'm watching an advert on TV for the British Heart Foundation telling me that it's normal for kids to have heart attacks. Now you're telling me it's normal for them to have strokes. I know it's not. But a lot of people are just going, all right, okay. And then when it's coming up in the news or whatever, they're thinking, oh yeah, well, that's normal, isn't it? Obviously at the end of 1984, he's forced to say that two plus two equals five when he knows that it's four. And he's having to hold these two contradictory beliefs in his head because it takes him a while to get to that point. They have to torture him and torture him. And in the end, he, he has to learn, well, I know it's four, but if the party says it's five, it's five. God bless old Winston Smith. <laughs> he fought hard to the end. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> but um, it's not a happy ending. <laughs> no. But it's the same thing. You know that kids having heart attacks and strokes doesn't happen, but you're being asked to believe that it, it does happen. It's not a rare thing. But you know it, it, it most definitely is. Yeah, right. It's straight up mass formation psychosis, let's face it, that people were queuing up for a booster, they're queuing up for a third jab when the first two jabs didn't work. Oh. So you're queuing up for something for a third time that hasn't worked the first two times. Well, the fact that you know that there's people around you that haven't had any of those and there's no difference between you. Or people that have had all three jabs are still getting COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Including, I think, Justin Trudeau, who, who after this trucker's convoy didn't really comment too much on that other than just like completely disregarding it as if it was oh it was just a fringe thing like a few just a few hundred people you know yeah. 50,000 trucks like the next thing you know he's tweeting oh oh I've got COVID and I'm having to disappear for five days like okay running scared encouraging people but go out and get the jabs and get the booster I oh, what like you but you've just got COVID I mean what is it it's hardly a good sales pitch is it no. I, I've just got COVID but rush out and get what I've got so you can get it too uh, not get it well you might get it well it is the wild fantastical claim behind this whole jabbing campaign I mean why would you get something that doesn't really protect you from it <laughs> yeah yeah like we said in the previous episode you know wouldn't work with condoms, would it? So if I put this thing on my cock, I'm not going to get her pregnant. Well, <laughs> you might. In fact, you probably will. Should I still wear it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, wear three. <laughs> Why, is that better? Mm, not, really. not really. Actually, judging by statistics, it's, it's probably worse. How's that possible? Don't ask. No, it's Einstein that said insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I mean, that that's what they're doing. They got one jab, didn't work. Got the second. Now they're lining up for the third. And then the people that are getting it are still getting COVID. This is the thing as well with the two contradictory beliefs again. They're being told outright by the likes of Boris Johnson, it doesn't stop you getting the disease or spreading the disease. Right. So what's the point in getting it then? You've got Trudeau saying, go out and go and get it, even though I've still got COVID. 
So you, it's mm. yet yet again. Yeah, you like said you're holding two things up yeah, at right. the same time. And, and what it does trying is to make it, sense of them. Yeah, <laughs> and it breaks you down. It completely disintegrates. Well, yeah, because your mind can't make sense of it. So yeah, you, right. think you you just go into like a spin. Well, you just go into complete submission. I'm quite glad that Robert Malone has, has kind of come out of this mass formation psychosis. Because when, when we were saying, we're Tico before, he was kind of saying to people like, oh yeah, we're Tico. It's like, we're Tico. <laughs> Not really getting it. Yeah, it's a mind virus. It's like, right. Mind virus? <laughs> Dr. Evil. Right. right. <laughs> I, I would like to put out there, proud owner of a banner that says mind virus. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see me at the marches holding that up. Yeah, because it sounds more sciencey, doesn't it? Like mass formation psychosis. Kind of sounds official. Dr. Robert Malone said it. A doctor said it. Oh, good. If you set up with Tico, it's from a tribe, da, 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 people are like, oh, no. Obviously, we were, and we were like, wow, that describes it perfectly. perfectly. Your average person's going to be like, fuck off. <laughs> a fucking mind virus. Are you mental? Yeah, we COVID attacks the lungs. <laughs> I feel like they can get down with mass formation psychosis. You know, yeah. Sounds believable, palatable. Palatable is the word, yeah. I mean, people always want it to sound science-y. Yeah, yeah. It's going to have a science sound. Yeah. yeah, a doctor said it. Okay. Well, we've 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 also likened it to PTSD. Like people are traumatized by this. They've been in this fear mode for so long. They're almost like army soldiers. Like we compared it to Apocalypse Now, when Willard says, "Like when I was here, I wanted to be there. When I was there, all I could think about was getting back into the jungle." jungle. It's like he wasn't comfortable with just being a citizen. Or he was so traumatized by war that he created this trauma bomb with it. And, and when, when he was outside of war, all he could think about was going back in. It's a bit like people with the restrictions. Now, the restrictions are easing. That frightens them more. They, they, they want to carry yeah. on wearing the yeah, mask. It's, it's like he, when he was actually back from his break in Vietnam, obviously because he was a captain, so obviously he was granted leave to go back. You know, he was just still thinking about the war and stuff. He was like, still there. What was, what was the famous line? I didn't say a word to my wife for two weeks until I agreed to have a divorce. <laughs> Great film. Great film. So dark. I remember before we were we were comparing it to like a mass Stockholm syndrome. And Stockholm syndrome is of course when someone starts sticking up for their abuser or even falling in love with a person that's keeping them prisoner. Yeah. And you see it in like you prosecu see that with prosecution people. with pimps and drug dealers with their slaves. Yeah, or even yeah. with people that have been kidnapped. Yeah. They might get to the point where they're like, they're just misunderstood. <laughs> you don't know them like I do. <laughs> and again, get back like... that give bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and again, thank you. And again, people are kind of sticking up for the government or like... We said in the previous episode, when Boris broke the rules, people were sticking up for the rules. Yeah. You know, he broke the rules. You're like, Whoa, Ooh, what? You're sticking up for the rules. I love the rules. You know, it's... It <laughs> <laughs> How about the fact that they're at a party and there's no dangerous virus about? Because if there was, why would they be at a party? No, that's uh, that's lost on them. But yeah, whether it's Wetiko or, you know, a type of trauma or PTSD or Stockholm Syndrome or even mass formation psychosis, I think all these things are, are talking about the same thing. Yeah. And that is that a large section of the population have gone fucking mental. <laughs> now, talking of fucking mental, we've got to talk about the chap. <laughs> no, but we're not going to go like too heavy into 
the jab because, to be honest, we're not scientists. No, we're, we're, we're not doctors, no. you know. Unlike Bill Bill Gates, I don't think either of us are going to pretend that we know all the facts about this. Oh, I, yeah. I wouldn't even begin to try. Yeah, but what we can say is quite a few facts about it that I think will get people thinking. I mean, firstly, when this all kicked off, one of my favourite lines to say to people at the very start of all of this when they were talking about, oh, I think I might get the vaccine, was, well, did you know it's not actually a vaccine? Yeah. But by definition, this is not a vaccine. This is something very different. That's the one thing they always would like to say. Because, oh, don't you believe in vaccines? Don't you trust vaccines? Oh, you've had vaccines before. Yeah, and then you could just say, well, actually, this isn't a vaccine. This is an experimental medical procedure. Exactly. It's not a vaccine by definition. But what's funny about that is that actually that definition of a vaccine was changed. In April 2021, after the pandemic was in full flight, yeah. they changed the definition of what a vaccine was to include mRNA. Ba, ba, ba. So I had to stop saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, how crazy is that? They went to the fact that of a redefinition of the people were, people were saying that it's not a vaccine. Well, it's not a vaccine. Can we change reality? Can we change the definition of it? We Turns out we can. We can update wiki. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> do we own the dictionary? I think we do, sir. The other thing that I had to keep repeating to people was like, well, you know, it's a trial drug until 2023. Like, it, you know, this is something that's on trial. You're part of the trial. And sometimes like, people that have even been jabbed would be like, no, no, I'm not. And you're like, no, 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 you are. This, this is still the trial. Well, that was, and that was kind of lost on a lot of people. I'm not one of those people who ever apply to do one of those drug trials things, you know what I mean? Yeah, no matter how hard up you were. Yeah, I would never... You lose some of your hair, but, like, the money's good. You know, one of your bollocks might shrink, but hey. I like having a third ear. (laughs) It's just not for me. (laughs) Yeah, right, most people wouldn't dream of it. Dream of that. But now they're in a trial, and they don't even know that they're in it. They were saying at the start, oh, it's on trial to 2023, but but then they stopped saying that. They were like, well, well, we told you now. It was in the small print, it was there. I wish I would stop saying on trial, untested. Yeah. Or like even call it what it is, a trial drug. You use the word drug, it's suddenly like, oh, they call it a vaccine. Oh, shit, it's not a vaccine. We'll change the definition. Well, don't call it a drug. Definitely don't call it an experimental medical procedure. I mean, when Robert Malone was asked about it, he referred to it as an operating system. I mean, imagine if they said that. Not get your jab or get your vaccine. Get your jab sounds even more casual, doesn't it? Get your shot, get your jab. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> get your pint of beer, get your Big Mac, get your jab, jab. Yeah, imagine if they used the language of Robert Malone and said, right, you've got to get a new operating system installed. People would be like, whoa, what the hell? Is this an iRobot? No, thanks. They don't call it what it is, do they? What is it's it? gene therapy. What he was explaining... Oh, don't, don't say that. What he was explaining was how it, it almost is like it takes over your pre-existing working, may I add, immune system and just puts a new one in place. It's one that you probably didn't really need. And one that, by the way, has never been tested before. Yeah, right. So, and that's all he's saying as well. He's he's saying, well, a lot of people probably don't need this. And in the long run, it won't be as good as a healthy working immune system or natural immunity. It doesn't matter that he's the inventor of the platform. He's basically the godfather of this mRNA technology, yeah. right? Uh, and he's been jabbed as well. So if people call him an anti-vaxxer, this guy's got double jabbed. But he's still saying, well, I think natural immunity is better. 
Yeah. This is the guy that invented that who said that. It's, it's a shame that... And he's also saying, I don't, definitely don't think kids should get it. And if it was up to him, he, he'd, he'd be halting the rollout of this. It's a shame more people haven't listened to that. I mean, we, we gave Joe a bit of stick before, but I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Rogan's flying a flag really high at the moment. And it's pretty outrageous and, and damning the fact that the guy who's invented this has actually come out. This is the guy that you would trust to know. This isn't the experts, like we said before, it's on, the pioneer on the news. This, is this, the, yeah. this, this isn't this experts term that you've seen thrown around on your media terms. Trust the experts. This is the expert. Another thing to bear in mind as well is that all the companies like Johnson Johnson, AstraZeneca, Moderna, Pfizer, they're not liable. So they've done these dirty deals before all of this rolled out to say, well, we're not liable for any injuries from this vaccine. So if you have this and you get blood clots and you have to have your legs amputated and you can't work or whatever, yeah. it's not like you're getting any compensation for that. Exactly. Or if you, you know, if, you, if someone dies or if you get Bell palsy and you can't work or you get a stroke or heart attack or anything. It's funny how they say, get this to save your futures, yet if you get this, your future could be unravelled very quickly. And also as well, get this or you're not responsible. Are you mm. responsible if anything happens to me? No, we're not liable. <laughs> right, so you're not responsible, but you want me to be responsible and get this, even though you're not responsible if anything happens to me. And at the same time, if I don't get this, you're going to take away my freedoms? Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a shit deal. <laughs> And if you look at these companies as well, like say like Johnson & Johnson, for example, right? They make baby powder. But <laughs> there was a huge scandal, wasn't there? Because their baby powder had cancer-causing agents in it. Mm. And they had to pay billions in compensation. So you're like, right, so these people can't even be trusted with baby powder and you're going to trust them with a vaccine. How did you get on with the baby powder? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Well, there was one thing. What? It made him itchy? No, it didn't make him itchy. It didn't keep him dry and smooth? Uh, no. What? It gave them cancer. <laughs> you know, what some people would argue, Dave, is they would even say, well, they didn't know their product had carcinogenic things in it that would make people sick. Yeah, that doesn't matter. So these are the people that you trust to make baby powder because they are Johnson & Johnson, a trusted family product company that you see. A friendly company. A, you know, and you know them. A friendly cancer-causing company. Oh, it was only your babies. The fact is that these people you trust because they make these things that you see in your supermarkets lined along the shelves. Yeah. You pick it up and it goes in your basket. Well, there's even news companies where it's a sponsored by Pfizer. And Pfizer had to pay $2.3 billion for fraudulent marketing. It was the largest healthcare fraud settlement in its history. And that's the corporation that people put in their trust in. There was another thing I read. This is all off the official United States Department of Justice site, right? There was another thing saying pharmaceutical companies pay over 400 million to resolve alleged false claims act liability for price fixing of generic drugs. 400 million. Mm, and, and there's so many of these. Like there was another one, a, a, another company had to pay um, nearly 600 million to settle investigations into their role helping to turbocharge opioid sales. Crikey. That was McKinsey and Company. I'm sorry, do you trust Moderna? 
It's like, there's no low that they won't go. Do you trust Pfizer? The Pfizer chiefs. I predict a lawsuit. I mean, you had the Pfizer chiefs literally coming out on stage. The Kaiser chiefs, yeah. but they for that gig, they were the Pfizer chiefs. They come out saying, hey, let's have a cheer for everyone who's taken AstraZeneca. Woo! Yeah. Let's have a cheer for Moderna. Woo! Pfizer. Yeah. J&J. Even had their little nickname for it. J&J. So friendly. Woo. Give it baby's cancer. Woo! <laughs> and then it was like, and let's hear it for the anti-vaxxers. Boo! Boo. Boo. It's like, yeah. we Puppets of the system. Let's not forget as well that some people get a placebo. And that's even come out of the House of Commons. He did say that, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. It was a slip up, but they were like, oh, what about the people that get the placebo? And he's like, oh yeah, they'd be fine too. And they were talking about the Green Pass. He's yeah, also like, hang on, stop, so like, stop, rewind. What did you just say? Did you? Right. So some people get a placebo. Oh, but they're still, like it's clearly not about preventing the spread of the virus then because you're giving people a pass that actually have been given nothing. The fact that that even slips out makes you wonder why you trust yeah. him. And it's, and it's not just Robert Malone either. I mean, there's Michael Yeadon, who was scientific researcher and the ex-vice president of Pfizer. And he's come out and he said that there should be a complete halt on the COVID-19 vaccine clinical trials. And he outrightly said that he thinks it causes infertility in women. Yeah. And he said that COVID-19 vaccines are 50 more times likely to kill children than COVID itself. I mean, some real damning stuff. And this is the ex-vice president of Pfizer. Like, just because people might not have heard of these people, they're top of their fields. Yeah. And, okay, they're not on the news, but they're putting everything on the, the line, well, including their reputation and safety, to be demonised, ridiculed and completely cancelled to get this well, message out there. Well, what does this tell you? The fact that these people don't get on your public news channel, your public access. Why isn't there a live televised debate between one side and the other? Because there clearly is two sides. Of course That's there what is. these BBC protests have been. People are like, we need a live televised debate. But, but they just want to cancel the other side because their narrative falls apart in seconds. Exactly. Yeadon has even gone as far to say that the recipients of the top-up, which I'm presuming he means booster shots, will die in the next two to three years. Now, I hope that's not true, but pretty alarming that you come out with that. We actually said this before. The problem with the whole vaccine scenario is we don't really know the, we don't know. the long-term yeah. effects of them. That's the point. It's and that's what Robert Malone's saying. We don't know. I don't know the long-term effects. No one else does. And this is dangerous. We shouldn't be rolling this out. We certainly shouldn't be giving it to kids. He's ringing the alarm bells. Yeah. The main thing he's saying is we don't know. That's the point. And that, that's the point I wanted to make at the beginning of this. I don't want you know, us to come out and say that we know, that we, we have all the answers, but we have enough information to say that this is something that no one should be rushing into. Well, what, and there's a lot of things that are being covered up about it that are, are seriously alarming. Well, one of the first things that I did remember that I actually put up on the website that you drew me to was the infertility in women. That was one of the very first things that you could find out. That was actually on... The website. It was on the NHS, NHS website. website yeah. and, and unknown. Why Straight are... away, it's like, well, you're asking me to take a huge risk then. If you're someone that wants children, you're like, well, unknown. I just, I don't want to take that risk. And there has been 
real increases since the rollout of the vax in all kinds of things heart inflammation has gone up 270 percent miscarriages up 300 percent bell palsy 290 percent female infertility 471 percent cancers up 300 percent these are the figures from the uk it's like what other explanation is there for all these figures skyrocketing during the rollout or since the rollout of the jab. I mean, I heard a stat from the David Ike, Brian Rose video recently where David was saying that the deaths across all kinds have gone up by 40%, which even if they'd gone up by 10%, that would have been the most in 200 years. Yeah, which is a huge leap. It's a huge leap. Mm. Like these figures can't be ignored. Just, just like what's happening in football, you know, it's happening. And people can't turn a blind eye and say, oh, well, you know, that's because of this reason or that reason. You know, it's, what has changed? Millions have got this jab. And you're not being told these stats on the news. And when they do give you stats on the news, they always remove all the context. So the removal of the context and the language that they use is, is how they manipulate people. So, for example, if they say... 80% of people in the hospital at the moment aren't fully vaxxed. You think, oh my God, it's full of people that are unjabbed. But what they might not be telling you is that, oh, they now count anyone that doesn't have a booster as not being fully vaxxed. Exactly. So the hospital could be, and probably is, packed with people that have had one or two jabs. Yeah, they are not necessarily had the two with the booster, yeah. of course. Yeah. But because of the language and the removal of context, you just automatically assume that, oh, it's full of people that haven't had the vax. And when the TV tells you, oh, an ICU ward is at 90% capacity, well, St George's is the largest UK hospital and that has 18 ICU beds. So 90% would be 16 people. That's not very many people, is it? As we look back in previous episodes as well, like the same shit, different year, like the headlines were saying like 90%, 99% capacity. Like, yeah. So... We know that this is common. And then when you find out, well, that would just be 16 people, and plus previous years, this has also been the case, it's not as alarming, is it? No, no. It's, it's hardly shocking. <laughs> Another thing that the mainstream media would have you believe as well is something like Joe Rogan, his fringe, when Joe Rogan's actually getting like 50 million views on a video, yeah. which is like far more than they could ever dream of. It's like more than the Super Bowl or X Factor times whatever, is huge. Yeah. It's, it's, it's inconceivable to like just a mainstream news channel or whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, Joe Rogan, it's like this fringe alternative or even now like extremist thing. It's like, <laughs> no, it's getting 50 million views. Like It couldn't be bigger. It, it's it, like broken records. It's almost like extreme, what there's 50 million extremists yeah. out there listening to him. He's like <laughs> had the records for like most watched interviews on the whole of the internet, but they're, they're, they're trying to make out like it's fringe. So there's obviously this huge campaign at the moment to get Joe Rogan banned or cancelled or whatever you want to call it off of Spotify because of the interview that he'd done with Robert Malone. Yeah. Obviously, the powers that be are shit scared the, of... The interview of misinformation. Yeah, right. The word <laughs> getting out from such a credible source that they're like, right, something needs to be done about this. The first person that come out and said that they had a problem with it was Neil Young. Hello, it's me, Neil <laughs> yeah, so, Young. Is he Bill Gates? <laughs> <laughs> kind of similar, <laughs> cranky voice. But, yeah, Neil Young came out and said... It's either Joe Rogan or Neil Young. You can't have both. <laughs> and oh. Spotify just went, 
Uh, okay, do you want to take Neil's stuff down now or later? Did, did I win? Was, was this a victory for me? <laughs> you don't really understand how cancel culture works, do you, Neil? You don't, like, <laughs> put yourself up as an offering. Like, did I do it right? Did I beat the Rogan? <laughs> um, not quite. Mm. <laughs> Are you sitting down, Neil? <laughs> I'm always sitting down, god darn it. <laughs> No, he just seems like someone that's so, like, past it. Like, this is the guy that sang, like, Keep on rocking in the free world. And now he wants to stop free speech. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. But it's misinformation. Yeah, Neil, that's like the thought police, right? The fact checkers. Yeah, doesn't that sound like 1984? 1984? I remember 1969. Woo-wee! That was a year. And then Jody Mitchell... Yeah, she was shortly followed. She followed, yeah. yeah. Another person who's like... I don't really know that much of her music. Yeah, but um, a lot of her music, like she's got the... Put up a parking lot. <laughs> somewhere she's kind of singing, oh, you know, if it was up to the powers that be, they'd like cement the lot and just put up a parking lot. All right. So, you, you know, you're anti-authoritarian, you kind of got an open mind about what's going on, but now you're like banning free speech because you think it's for the greater good. To be fair, I know we're talking about their music coming off of Spotify, but how relevant is Neil Young? Hasn't exactly done much in a while. I was kind of thinking that they were like, it's going to be a tidal wave, man. First of all, you, Neil, you're going to go, you're going to inspire so many artists. You won't even have to take your music off. Oh. Yeah? Well, I've already got Joni Mitchell in. She, she said, if I take it, she'll take it. Well, that's one, Neil. There's going to be plenty more. And that was just pretty much it. You could probably hear them in the office now. What, just Jody Mitchell and Neil Young? <laughs> what about Beyonce? Jay-Z? Kanye? Bieber? Gaga? <laughs> Elton John? Come on. <laughs> They're like, uh, no one else, sir. So like now the White House have got involved. Oh, sorry, before the White House, actually, now the View show. They got involved. In America with like Whoopi Goldberg. Hey, you guys, we're like the most four famous bitches in America. This is our daytime television show and we've had enough with Joe Rogan and his misinformation. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, we're making a stand now. And then that was shortly followed by... The White House. But it's a bit of a leap, isn't it? Like, a couple of old, fuddy-duddy, completely irrelevant music artists that were famous in the fucking 60s. <laughs> yeah. And then the women off The View, then the White House. I mean, <laughs> you can imagine they were sitting there waiting for it to tumble at Domino's. Who have we got today? Oh, well, apparently that show with those four women, sir. Not that sucky show, The View. <laughs> Who's in there? Whoopi Goldberg? What, that bitch? She hasn't been relevant since Ghost. <laughs> and I prefer Swayze in that film. What about Sister Act? Don't even mention that film. <laughs> but I guess they're just petrified of this message reaching too many people. They're like, bloody hell, this Joe Rogan guy, he's got, you know, he's getting these tens of millions of listens and views. Bearing in mind, that's that's just gone up and up since all the controversy. I mean, well. it's, it's helped him. <laughs> and then Spotify seem like they're not a cult-owned company. It's not like Google, is it, or Facebook. It's outside of America. It's a Scandinavian company. Yeah. Something they probably thought that they didn't really have to worry about before because it was strictly music. Yeah. They've only now gone on to podcasts and things like that and videos trying to compete with YouTube, I guess. So now suddenly it's a problem. But it's probably something that they didn't think about before. Like, oh, shit, okay, 
now the word's getting out on Spotify in a big way. We have to shut this down. Big up all our listeners on Spotify. Yeah, man, word up across the world. But now all those people that go to Spotify that listen to music, there is a big podcast on that channel, on that on that platform rather, Spotify, which has had all this attention recently. People who are just listening to music normally now know there's something really hot. You know what I mean? Hot on And not just the schism. And not just a schism. I mean, I mean, we're rocking in the free world ourselves. But Keep on rocking in the not so free world. <laughs> but the point is, radio edit. There's exposure, is what I'm trying to say. And the people that were just normally on there listening to music know that there's this quite damning interview on there. Yeah, controversial. Controversial. Like, oh, I can listen to this. Yeah. Not misinformation, and you should probably give it a listen. With the Neil Young thing as well, it's sort of come out that oh, actually. There's Pfizer links there because the CEO of the record label has links to Pfizer and then you're suddenly like, oh, right, okay. And then now Neil Young saying, oh, I'm now going on to Amazon and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, right, okay, so there's, there's something behind this. Do you know what I mean? It's not just a political, like, yeah. Like, you're going on to Amazon. Oh, like Bezos needs any more yeah, money. Yeah, right. <laughs> Keep on rock. Fuck off, Neil. <laughs> Like, Someone, seriously, mate. I'm serious, mate. You just want to get zipped up on those Amazon boxes and dropped off a fucking cliff. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Keep on rocking in the splush. I mean, there's still some time for other celebrities to get on board. Like, what self-righteous celebrity, you've had Neil Young, Jody Mitchell, like, who else would be like, you know what, I'm taking my music off as well. I don't know. I'll let you go first. I mean, I want to say someone like Bono, but then you 2 were so desperate to get their music out there, they put it on people's iPods without even asking <laughs> their permission. People will love it. Trust me. Everyone loves you 2 I'll give them a free album. No one fucking likes you 2 <laughs> Probably someone like Geldof. He'd be like, I'm taking Boomtown Rats off of Spotify. And everyone's like, mate. I don't like Mondays is literally your only fucking hit song. So you're what, taking that one song away from us. Boomtown Rats was so much more than that. No, he's, so, <laughs> he, he's so fucking arrogant that he would be like, I'm taking it off, not realising. He's like, you've got one throwaway hit. Our whole back catalogue, including the rarities. No one cares. Mate, you're a rarity. He would be one of mine. I want to say Paul McCartney as well. Can imagine him being like, me too. Well, I stand with Neil. Well, Boy George has come out recently with his tweet saying, oh, people will do some blow out of a dirty £10 note, but they're scared of a vaccine. And it's like, okay. How, like, how is that a comparison? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, firstly, you don't sniff the vaccine, you inject it. So yeah. if you want to compare it to a drug, compare it to yeah, heroin. heroin you know. Or is that too close to the bone? George, bear in mind, you used to love a bit of smack back in the day. And then, secondly, it's like, well, it's not like someone's got a gun to your head, like, do the fucking coke, and they'll give it to your children. And if you don't, I'm going to keep you hostage, I'm going to take all your freedoms away. A little different to choosing to sniff a bit of coke off a dirty tenor or whatever. And also, like, there's not 33 pages of possible adverse effects, including death. I mean, unless it's really shit coke. I mean, back in the day, when has your like, coke I ever said to you, by the way, mate, if you don't take this, I'm taking your holidays away. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new rule. Rules and regulations. 
dealer guidelines. You'd be like, okay, my new my new guy's a psychopath. <laughs> Won't be going to him again. So yeah, boy George could could be one. Elton, can imagine Elton John being like, I'm taking my music off. He's the kind of self righteous prick that would jump on the bandwagon. You know, but what's funny is like they've almost missed the opportunity because now the White House are like, well, now we're putting the pressure on. It's like it's such a jump. You think is that because not enough other people jumped on board? They're like, well, I kind of like the money from Spotify. <laughs> it's not like like Rihanna or Drake or you know anyone. Like I, I heard a figure the other day that one in every hundred and thirty downloads or streams on Spotify is a Drake song. Yeah. <laughs> so Drake's not going to go, well, yeah, man, I'm pulling my stuff. Hang on a minute. How much does that earn me again? <laughs> I'm not pulling. I'm not pulling. Like, it, it's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> I'm making money up on this bitch, motherfucker. Yeah. Neil Young could be like, yeah, fuck it. It's a screw over anyway. I'd be better off people just buying the CDs still. Most of my fans like it that way anyway. They don't even know what Spotify is. Oh, poor Neil Young. What a move to make. The thing is, he might think that he's doing something really noble and like really sort of like, oh, I'm standing up for what's right and people should be spreading misinformation because people are dying and stuff like that. You don't know. Because mm. he, he's quite old, isn't he? Yeah. And so is Joni Mitchell. You don't know. They might be like fully on board with this just because they have fallen under the mass formation psychosis just like so many other people. Well, just just because they're famous or celebrities or whatever else, it doesn't mean that they, they're not just as susceptible. But we would argue for the audience that this psychosis isn't working on everyone. I mean, we could look at recently the events over in Canada when it come to the convoy of the 50,000 truckers that spanned like over 50 miles, which is like 70 kilometres. Yeah, we, wow. we don't deal with the metric and, system. And, and, and all the people that were out as well supporting them. I mean, they were getting flooded with support from all over Canada and America. It went viral on social media. People were actually lined up all along the motorway on the bridges. They were cooking them food. I mean, the whole nation was behind this and it inspired millions worldwide. It's also happened here over in Britain, hasn't it, with the nurses. I mean, they yeah, tried right. They tried to make 80,000 healthcare workers, which include nurses and doctors, get a mandate for an untested vaccine, otherwise they couldn't work within the NHS. But Savage Javid has had to take a complete U-turn because he's realised he can't make people do yeah. that. There was a huge protest, all the nurses laid down their uniforms on the steps of Trafalgar Square, really powerful oh, scenes. Fantastic. Like everyone laying their uniforms down, many of them have written like messages on them and oh, stuff. Beautiful. You know, I've worked in the healthcare for 25 years. And it's things like what we're talking about with the truckers, or what we're talking about with the nurses here, that we're going to see more and more of. And it's humanity pushing back and saying, we are free, sovereign beings. We're not going to stand for this. We're drawing a line in the sand. This is too far. And if you think about it, Canada are further along in the script yeah. because they've already had the mandates on the nurses and the teachers, etc. They've got all the way to truckers and it's the truckers that have made a stand. And you can see why, because the truckers are probably thinking, we don't really come in contact with hardly anyone. We're in our trucks for days and days, just on our own. It's a lonely life, a trucker. <laughs> <laughs> Solitary man. <laughs> but, you know, it's got to I'm the... On the road again. <laughs> it's got to the truckers that are like, hell no. You know, they've got their own communication system with the... Um, 
what they call the transistor radios, yeah. like, we're going to form a convoy. You know what I mean? Yeah, they've they've, yeah. they've unionised and it's taken Canada to get to that place. But in the UK, we've stopped at nurses and gone, nope, that's enough. Yeah. The nurses are made we, a stand. It looks like we're in a better position. Yeah. It, it does on, on the whole of it. Because yeah. we've put our foot down earlier. I believe that should have come a, a lot earlier than that. I, I couldn't believe that that wasn't the case when they said that we're coming for the children. Yeah. I thought that was going to be the line where most people would go, enough's enough, but it wasn't. Well, when they said they were going to start putting up vaccination tents in schools and stuff, I thought, you know, that was a, yeah, I right. thought that might have been but the line. Weirdly but it weirdly wasn't. wasn't. But at least we've got to the point now where they can't make healthcare workers. Yeah, right. You know, And I mean, it shows me the line is different in every country, but it's always there. Yeah. So all we've got to do now is hold the line and wait for the narrative to unravel, humanity to awaken, this resistance to grow like it undoubtedly will, it will gather momentum, just like a huge tidal wave as time goes on. And yeah. what that's going to do is the fence sitters and the people on the sidelines, they're going to get involved as soon as they yeah. see that there's enough people where they have to be brave, but not so brave as before because they're not going to be like the weirdo, the odd one out, yeah. the outcast. Now there's a huge like mass of people that are standing up against this. I can too. And at that point, that that's the tipping point. There's nothing wrong with being a weirdo or an outcast, especially if you're listening to us. I'm a weirdo. What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> On the schism. It is a matter of time now. I mean, there's I this, think so. It's an overwhelming feeling that... Yeah. Like you said, humanity is rising. rising. I mean, people that sit on the fence, it is an inevitable that not so much you're going to have to make a choice, but you will be faced with a choice and you will make the right one. Because, yeah, I think... Because everything, the evidence and everything is going to be so overwhelming that you won't be able to deny it anymore. You won't be able to, unless you seriously want him to fall into the mass psychosis formations we're talking about forever forever and you'll be lost but you will wake up and become part of this whole union of a movement humanity is rising the lion is roaring like a tidal wave we are only going to gather momentum over time we do believe that things will have to get a lot worse before they get better <laughs> <laughs> i do believe that things are going to have to get worse a lot worse before they get better but you can feel humanity awakening rising to the occasion you can feel it now there's a it's almost on a weekly basis stuff's happening and it and it's like a real pushback and if you're looking at this closely and you're looking at what is happening all over the world because let's face it they don't show it on the mainstream media no, someone just watching the bbc or whatever they don't know about this trucker convoy so people are going to get shaken awake and a lot of people are going to be left in a position where they've got nothing left to lose but you don't want to mess with someone that's got nothing left to lose. And, and if millions of people are in that situation and they're angry and they're not willing to comply any longer and you can't really threaten them with anything more, then they've reached that point in V for Vendetta where she's like, well, take me to the chemical sheds and shoot me. You can't break these people any longer. And I do feel like it's going to get to a point where that many people have got nothing left to lose that they're willing to really like do anything that it takes. It's a case now of there's a lot of fires popping up everywhere. 
and you know the case of fire. If you have too many of them running out of control, you can't put them all out. Ooh. Fire. We're gonna start the fire. Something to mull over before we depart is a quote from Rudolf Steiner from a long ass time ago, 1861 to 1925 was when this guy was alive. And he said, more than a hundred years ago, in the future, we will eliminate the soul with medicine under the pretext of a healthy point of view. There will be a vaccine by which the human body will be treated as soon as possible directly at birth so that the human being can no longer develop the thought of the existence of soul and spirit. Mm. To materialistic doctors will be entrusted the task of removing the soul of humanity. As today people are vaccinated against this disease or that disease, so in the future children will be vaccinated with a substance that can be produced precisely in such a way that people, thanks to this vaccination, will be immune to being subjected to the madness of spiritual life. Something to think about, that was over a hundred years ago. Rudolf Steiner predicting that there would be a future vaccine to remove the soul of humanity. I hope you enjoyed that episode of The Schism. We've got plenty more episodes on the way. In the meantime, follow us on our Instagram at schism.tv and keep watching the skies. Thank you.